Welcome to Life-Giving Mortar Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you part two of a four-part series entitled All In, uh, with today's message specifically entitled Common Good, based off of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 13. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 13. So, let us dive into the word today. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. To the same Spirit, it gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit, one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Or, or excuse me, to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another person is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone, which decides, or he alone decides which gift the person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Amen. God activates gifts in everyone for the common good. I'll say that again. God activates gifts in everyone for the common good. Have you ever discovered something, anything about yourself that you just never realized to be true? Uh, for instance, perhaps you thought you had zero cooking skills, but then you try you tried putting in a little of this and a little of that and ended up making the greatest casserole that blew people away when they tasted it. Now, my ability to cook food is no shocker. I love food, and I have two great cooks in my life who have shown me the ropes. But one thing I never knew I could do was stand up for people stand up to people, let alone standing up for people. Now, I've always been one to avoid conflict. As a kid, I was constantly being bullied and being told by the grown-ups to ignore the bullies. Just walk away and eventually they'll leave you alone, I was told. And that uh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Let me tell you, those two things were the biggest lies... I was ever told growing up. Sure, the people telling me meant well, 
They felt bad I was getting hurt, and they were encouraging me to not take things personally. Good advice on the surface. But when you're being called fat, or other words that I can't even say here, it's hard to not take it personally. Deeply. Deeply. Personally. To the point to the point where you begin to think of yourself through the words of the bullies. And then there's this one day where the bully was tripping me down the steps and doing bodily damage to me. And when my dad found out, he said, Son, come downstairs. I want to show you something. And when I, my dad, uh, when I um, uh, came downstairs, he pulled out a, a set of uh, boxing training gloves, tossed them my way, and then he put his hands up and said, Punch me. And I proceeded to... I mean, I was confused at first, but proceeded to throw punches at him, which he blocked, and then would throw punches back at me and have me block. And in that moment, my dad was teaching me another way to deal with bullies. Stand your ground. The next day, I took it a step further than that, and I approached the bully, called his name, and as he turned around to look at me, uh, I cold-cocked him in the face, and he dropped. I told him to leave me alone uh, from now on, and he did. Now, he turned out to not be the worst of bullies, and he had a bit more respect for me after that. I wouldn't say we were best friends or anything, but we were friendly with each other, and there were no problems after that. It might not have turned out that way. Maybe he would have fought back. Maybe it would have been worse. Who knows? But I learned a valuable lesson. As much as we are called to turn the other cheek, we are not called to ignore and dismiss. And there's a, a vast difference between turning the other cheek as an act of rebellion against someone's violence towards you and ignoring and dismissing violence being done. In fact, sometimes even warning someone with a punch is a form of turning the other cheek. I could have done worse than that. Maybe. Maybe. But the warning shot was enough. And I let it be after that. There was mercy after that. It was just a message. Knock it off. I'm not going to take it. While there was violence in my actions, the violence was constructive, not destructive. And the Bible is clear about the difference between the two. Sometimes you have to tear down to build up. But so long as the intention is to build and to build faithfully, then one should be on the right track or at least not far off. Well, anyway, it turns out that uh, my gift to stand up for myself is also a gift to stand up for others. As a pastor, I've had to advocate for tons of people. I've, ad I've advocated for people for a variety of different reasons. Many of those are confidential, and I'm not even at liberty to share. With that said, in 
early June of 2020, my family and I joined our district superintendent uh, for the Skylands District of the Greater of the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, um, Reverend Doctor Eunice Vega Perez. Uh, my family and I joined her on the Newton Green for a Black Lives Matter protest, the first of its kind in our very rural Sussex County. And I knew that doing so would garner the ire of some people in my congregation and elsewhere who would see the move and me representing the church there as political. And on the one hand, of course it's political. Yes, it's political. So is not being there. Or not shouting Black Lives Matter. Or perhaps shouting all lives matter. That's a political statement too. Anytime you dismiss somebody's expression of pain and suffering is a political statement. I often say, imagine your house were on fire and the fire department comes and they start spraying down every house from the other end on down toward yours. And you come running down to the fire department and you scream, scream, my house is on fire, go to my house first, my house is on fire, my house matters. And the fire department just dismisses you and says, all houses matter. And continues to spray in the order that they're going. Just imagine that scenario. All houses matter. And tell me that's not a political statement in the moment when the fire department chooses other people's houses that aren't on fire over yours. Let's be honest. Everything we do in public is political. Go against the grain and say, wear your hat during the national anthem. You don't even have to kneel, just wear your hat. Even if you accidentally do that it will be seen as a political statement to others it just will so yeah i knew that some people were not going to be happy with that and they were they would not see the hypocrisy in their own anger at me being there but that wasn't going to stop me for st from standing up for a community of people who are in need of justice and equity in the name of Jesus in this country. And I was proud to have the courage to do what I believed right, despite the political pressure some were trying to apply on me. I thank God for the gift of courage, because I have needed it in my life. And others have needed my gift of courage as well. So I'll say this again, as I said at the beginning, God activates gifts in everyone for the common good. We all have spiritual gifts, but there may be times when we wonder what they are or how we can use them. Verses 6 through 7 are key to this passage. They emphasize that this is the same God who not only gives us all different spiritual gifts, but also activates them in us. 
all people have skills, talents, and passions that can be used in a variety of ways to enrich their families' personal lives for profit or gain. And we may not even recognize they can be spiritual gifts. However, when, when the Spirit activates these gifts, we can use them for the common good. Sometimes we may feel that certain people are more spiritually gifted than others or that there is one right way of serving the church and the world. We may be afraid to be vulnerable, fear rejection, or fear we're not good enough. But, but as 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 illustrates, through the metaphor of a body with many parts, we are all gifted in different ways. Each gift is equally necessary to the church's functioning and its mission in the world. Can the eye say to the hand, I have no need of you? Can the hand say to the eye, be gone, you're not needed? Of course not. And it is the same spirit who gives these gifts to each of us and unites us together through the power of the spirit and our baptism as it says in verse 13 we are all affirmed and i also want to point out that this passage precedes first corinthians 13 the passage the famous passage about love that is often read at weddings in context in the context of today's reading we can see that the love passage is less about romantic love and is more about what really matters in our relationships with God, each other, and the world. And we can think about the love passage as instructions for how people with different spiritual gifts can be in relationship and work together. Our differences, even the good ones, can tempt us to think that our way is better. That our way is better or cause us to be impatient in working together. But if we embody love through patience, kindness, humility, and hope, we can work together using our diverse spiritual gifts for the common good. So, I want to invite you to think about your passions and talents. What is it that really gets you going, that stirs your juices, so to speak? Go ahead. Close your eyes if you're not driving. If you're driving, keep them open. But go ahead and close your eyes for a moment and really give this some thought. Imagine how these might be spiritual gifts. And how they might be activated for the common good. Who knows, maybe you'd love to cook like me. Well, you can volunteer at Mana House or, or uh, cook at a homeless shelter and serve others while doing something you love. Or perhaps you're a really great lawyer. Perhaps you can help people out pro bono who cannot afford good legal representation. 
Perhaps you're an artist and have a passion for children. Maybe you could start a children's paint and sip. Juicy juice, of course. A paint and sip ministry. Friends, what is our church known for? What is your church known for if you attend a different one than me? Then how can we go deeper for that? How can we go deeper in our ministry in that regard? What else are you known for in your church? And how can you go deeper there in your ministry? What would it look like for people to go all in with their gifts and to encourage one another in those gifts? Sometimes we are content to quote-unquote do church on Sunday morning and forget about it the rest of the week. But how might we use our gifts to go all in for God? Church, if you are feeling convicted by the Holy Spirit to go all in for Jesus, then let me hear you say amen. Come on. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this challenging message. We thank you for using us in a way that, uh, that helps uh, bring your light, your hope, your healing, and your wholeness into the world. Lord, we know that we are being called to go all in for you, so we ask that you give us the courage to do so and that you reveal our gifts so we know what to go all in with. We thank you and we praise you, all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'd like to remind you that uh, we are uh, always happy to have you tune in and listen to these messages. I bring them to you out of the uh, out of the call in my heart that, that God has placed in my heart uh, to share these messages with you as well as with my congregation. Um, also, um, I'm really excited. I'm recording this on Friday, and in exactly four hours... Uh, uh, there will be the Party on John cast live Halloween party, and I hope you got to tune in for that. But if not, I am sure we had a rocking time, and you can probably go back. Well, not probably. You can go back and watch it after the fact. But in this, uh, I just want to remind you that, that we everything we do, everything I do, is out of my own personal budget, my own personal uh, money that I spend uh, that comes out of my, my family's money as well. Uh, and uh, that's because uh, nothing in this world is for free and it's important, I believe, to get the good news out to people and it's an investment I'm worth, you know, I'm, uh, I find worth making. If at all you are able to help out uh, the church that I serve, uh, they get nothing out of this other than my sharing the good news. So if you are able to help them out and this is your spiritual feeding, that would be very helpful. You can see the ways that you can do that in the episode notes. Uh, of course, I do this completely free of charge. So if you can't afford to do this or you are uh, attending elsewhere and this is just supplemental, then by all means, you know, give to your community. And if you have it in you to give to both, we'd appreciate, appreciate that greatly. But in the meantime, friends, remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing for others. Go in peace.